wondering how next year is going to look in your business and you want to know more about what I forecast for 2023, go ahead and watch this video if this is your first time seeing me. Hi, my name is Megan and I teach entrepreneurs how to start and scale online businesses. And trend forecasting is something I kind of fell into. I learned a little bit about it. I read a book and then I just kind of like deep dove into it and learned that one, I have high pattern recognition, which helps in trend forecasting. And after trend forecasting last year, which we're going to link the blog post down below for you in the description, I thought I would take my hand out of this again. Now, if you are somebody who you are completely fascinated by this video, I actually have a program that talks about this and how to start pulling apart and forecasting trends. That will also be linked in the description. I do have notes on my phone. So if you see me looking at my phone, I'm going to hold it up high enough for y'all so you can see it just because there's a lot of thoughts and I want to stay on track for this. So Trend number one that I see in 2023 is a shift in content in the ownership of the content. I believe that short form content, Instagram, TikTok, not YouTube shorts, because YouTube doesn't have really a history of censoring, but those short form platforms are having a history of censoring specific words, topics, and those types of things. And people are getting really frustrated, especially creators. And what do we see when people typically get frustrated? They move to another platform. With this, I also see a lot of creator burnout through the micro content and the short form content. And when we see a lot of burnout in one significant area, that's the push. Now the sophistication level of information and what sophistication means, if you've never heard this term used in this way, is just how much does the consumer know? How much do they come to the market with? And we are seeing these, like these people are more informed than they ever have been. They're consuming more information than they ever have been. And so they know a lot more and that means they're more intrigued by long form content. So with that, I see a lot more people jumping onto YouTube, writing more blogs and having email lists because the other side of it is they're not censored. Now YouTube can demonetize videos, but a lot of these people are making money in multiple revenue streams. The second one, which ties exclusively into marketing is multi-central marketing and then level of intimacy. So marketing has kind of gotten a bad rep in the last year, year and a half, right? We can all agree that marketing, well, it's designed to be attractive. It's designed to be fluid. It's designed to bring people in. It's been taken a little bit far. Now, the other side of it is with visual platforms, Instagram moving away from just photography and those types of things and moving to video, it's a lot on our brain. There's a heavy consumption and the correlation between consumption and content burnout is very real. And so when I say multi-sensorial marketing, what I actually mean is brands are going to continue to create experiences. So we've already seen this with the actual in-person experiences post-COVID that are coming. If you've experienced the Van Gogh experience, which we'll pop up some pictures for it, this is immersive. Now, Van Gogh was very visual, right? He was an oil painter, but this is immersive. They're bringing in colors. They're projecting things. I see these more experiences for brands, not only just in the sense of creating more intimate connection relationships because we have been so virtual for the last two years, but also because when you have two senses on board, so sight, hearing, smell, taste, I would love to see more taste-based brands, that gives you more attention. And with video, we use our sight and we use our hearing, right? If there's audio, when we are using more experiences, I also see scent coming into play because it's already proven that our scent is our biggest, our biggest cue in memory and we remember sense better. And so seeing visual brands expand beyond 
just being visual. Now we're getting more of the experience of, you know, everybody knows what Chanel number no. five smells like. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows certain stores when they come in and smell Hollister and bringing that in. Now I want to segue a little bit into visual brands and talk about the fact that we are going to shift out of, and a lot of people may not agree with this, out of these neutral brands. Now, I am somebody who never fully rebranded neutrally, but colors specifically go on trend. And these neutral brands relate directly to the 2000s all gold consumption phase. Now that we're moving out of 2000 fashion and we're moving into more of mid 2000s to end, we're gonna come back and see a rise of not only pastel colors, but more of these muted tones. If you haven't seen Pantone's color of the year, it's magenta. It is magenta. And that cues to a lot of cultural change. And if you ever want to watch someone who does the best trend forecasting, it's Pantone. So with that in mind, the other side of this is going to be intimacy in marketing. We have had so much thrown in our faces. And with social media like TikTok, we are starting to experience celebrities on a different level, right? I saw a video, um, we'll try to track it back down, but I saw a video about Drew Barrymore and Cameron Diaz talking about their friendship. And that to me just shows so much intimacy. With this, where I see intimacy not only continuing to reveal the lives of celebrities, reveal these more like personal brand, but not influencer personal brands, I see this through the use of audio. Now we just talked about multi-sensorial marketing, right? How does audio play into this? Podcasts, private feeds, private communities, getting closer to your favorite creators, your favorite business owners. And we saw this through the rise of masterclasses and these masterclasses from people like Kris Jenner and Chris Voss and all these big names. We're gonna continue to see that going into 2023. On top of that, we talked about brands, multi-central marketing, and we talked about experience. I think books, which obviously you can tell I am a huge lover of books, book funnels are going to get bigger. Book deals with TikTok stars are starting to grow, which always signals to the value of it. Now, book is one of those mediums that really hasn't gone out of style in the last 100, 200 you could even argue like thousand years if you really wanted to dig into that. What we're seeing with book funnels, though, is specifically in the online space is people being able to reach the consumer sooner through a book, through something that relates to them. I keep pointing to the books because I love books and this is why I'm so pumped about this. But what we're also seeing is that it's not expensive to publish a book. Self-publishing is actually really cheap through platforms like Amazon you can get it in the Kindle Unlimited library, which Kindle Unlimited is growing because of TikTok. And so what I'm seeing is that people who work with early stage entrepreneurs are going to write more books around how to start a business to grab them in. Book funnels, huge, huge profit. Still looking at this. We're going to kind of move more into online space specific ones and then we'll move back out. But Program links next year. When I first launched my program, Consistent Sales System, people thought I was crazy. Now, originally it was a lifetime program and that was really cool. My lighting's gonna change. The sun just went behind the clouds. That was really cool in the sense. Now we have adjusted it. Now it's a year long program. We are gonna see two ends of the spectrum when it comes to program length. Service pros, you can still maintain retainers. This is not related to you because services don't really go out of style, but we're gonna see micro fast action, almost like a little hit, a little dose. 
and we are going to see long-term containers. That middle of the range, which typically was 12 to 14 weeks, is going to probably phase out, and it's either going to be a micro container or it's going to be a very long-term container. I want to talk about something specifically, though, when it comes to memberships, and I get this question a lot around, are memberships going to grow? What is a membership, and what does that look like? A membership is just an online community in the basic, most basic terms. And so if you are somebody who you're like, I want to do a membership next year, do a fucking membership. Don't let people hold you back because they hate memberships. Memberships are really good for a reoccurring revenue model. With that and inside of this, I think methodologies are going to continue to grow. But unfortunately, the methodologies that we use where it's been, this has been super successful for me, it's going to be super successful for you that is not going to be as prevalent as it is one the ftc is coming y'all the ftc is coming regulation is coming they are already starting to disband large coaching programs that are targeting people and promising earnings that can't happen now what i didn't say is that money wins are going to go out of style because success-based metrics will never go out of style how many people go to college every year with the promise of getting a better job. How many people go to trade school? How many people join the army or any other military? Success-based metrics aren't gonna leave. It's just being honest about that and having earning disclaimers. If you wanna get an earnings disclaimer, I'm gonna go ahead and link my favorite lawyer. Her name is Chandler. She can handle all of that with you. But these meme methods are gonna be less about personal success that the person or the coach has seen and more about how it can apply to a variety of people and the percentages of people who see success. So it's gonna shift out of these unicorn coaches with these unicorn clients who one of them maybe saw success where the whole group didn't and it's gonna be more about what was the success rate of the entire group and also probably talking to some client retention. I think this is a little out there, but stick with me. I think we're going to see more personalized and custom containers the same way we saw in a rise of direct to consumer. If you have ever been introduced to Dollar Shape Club, Warby Parker, or any of these other consumers that are or other brands that are direct to consumer, it's very personalized. One that I think of that I think is going to be super impactful is care of vitamins where there is a lot of thought into how this works for them. While we don't have highly customized algorithms that we can run through quizzes, what I think we are going to see next year, and I would be curious how this pans out, is less of you fit into this mold for this program and more customization around it. Now, with the customization, it's not going to be on the same level as direct-to-consumer. There may be more information that people can pick and choose from, like a menu. Last but not least, we're going to dive into a little bit more of specific content trends and what we see in marketing. Now, when it comes to content and mediums that are performed, less urgency-based content. What I'm talking about is with stories, it's 24 hours, it's been driven by FOMO. I think a lot of people are gonna move away from that and they're gonna look more evergreen content. And that ties into what we were talking about in the beginning of the video of how we are moving more towards long-form content. With that in mind, when you're creating your content, it's less gonna be what's relevant now and more of what is going to stand the test of time. The last piece I want to talk about this specifically is how content is consumed. When we think about content, we've always thought about shelf life with content. And again, long form content is going to have a longer shelf life and how to consume it is pieces that people can come back to very similar like we've seen with books. 
listen, these are just predictions. And when it comes to trend forecasting, I could be 100% wrong. What we are going to do is do a recap at six months. So in June of next year, and we will do another one in December of next year, talking about was I right or not? What did we have happen in that year and those types of things. So if you like videos like this, go ahead, like and subscribe. And I'll see y'all later. Bye.